Hello and welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm James Carey. And I'm Dave Cohen. And this is probably episode 202, and uh, it's great to be back with you. Dave, we're going to get straight into it. We're talking about your voice, not your voice, but your writing voice. Mm. Um, What what, what do we mean when we talk about your voice? Yeah, well, I I thought we should do a a little um, podcast about this, partly because we we have talked about it many years ago, but but, um, we haven't haven't looked at it in much detail for a while. Uh, And it is something that comes up a lot. And it is something that people say, all writing teachers say it all the time. Uh, You know, you've got to to speak, you've got to have a voice voice you've got to have an authentic voice and you know kind of when you're when you're starting out you think well i, I don't really um you know what what is it <laughs> what, what what do you mean by that and well you might think i don't have a voice yeah. just like you might think you don't have an accent yeah i mean it's, 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 like, it's well you you do <laughs> Um, everyone has an accent, yeah. but it just a bit, but your accent is invisible to you. So you need to you need to do a bit of soul searching yeah. uh, around this, don't you? And uh, but, you know, the, the first question people ask is, you know, how how do I find my voice? And and the, it's one of those really annoying things, like the answer you get. Well, well, you know, you'll just know. You'll just know when you have it. You know, which is like, um, how do I how do I find true love? You'll know. You'll know when you meet the right person. You know, and that's a yeah. Thanks a lot. That's a, that's really helpful. But it, it is important because I mean, not least because you know, there's the uh, the BBC Writers Room competition is, is coming up. The uh, open call for scripts for comedy dramas uh, in November, and uh, you know they put it pretty well at the up front at the top of the uh, the, the uh, submissions form. And they ask this question. Uh, well, they say, may mention it. I'm going to quote it directly. They say, we're looking for writers to develop rather than specific projects. Uh, We look for what the script tells us about the writer. Uh, We see all scripts as a calling card to showcase a writer's talent, ability and voice. What what do you make Mm. of that then, James? I think that's really helpful and Mm. really specific. And it is worth just being uh, thinking very carefully about what script you are going to send, if you're going to send one to the BBC Writers Room. And this is for, you know, comedy dramas or dramas rather than sitcoms. They're not they're not in that game anymore. And that's one for another podcast. But just be aware that whatever idea you choose to develop to turn into a script that you then send them really should say something about your voice, uh, your perspective, what you're bringing to it. And I know, I mean, I was aware of my own voice, literally, no, maybe even yesterday, um, when I was writing, I'm writing a, I wrote a screenplay, uh, sort of a comedy drama, sort of mystery, like a murder mystery, but it's not a murder. And um, as the conversation was going between the two characters, I just thought, oh, that doesn't feel like it's this, it's right for this sort of thing. But it's like, no, no, I'm not trying to write a murder mystery that somebody else would write. I'm trying to write one in my voice and I should lean into this. You know, they're talking about God, you know, and I, I believe in God and I think I think lots of people believe in God. So I was believing it. So I was, one of the characters is obviously is an ordained minister of the Church of England. So I just thought, well, let's have him talk in a particular way and have her respond in a particular way. The Sorry, his, uh, the protagonist or the antagonist. And just lean into it. That is my voice. And I think that's what will set my novel or whatever apart from the other stuff in this genre. So although it is genre, you know, I, I have a voice, I have a perspective. And in this particular project, I'm I'm leaning into that 
aspect of my voice in that particular way. And so I think if you're trying to write a script for the BBC Writers Room in order to get their attention and development and, you know, uh, mentoring, you want to be careful that you're finding a genre or something that you're writing or an idea that shows, you know, part of your perspective, you know, and a freshness to the tone and the character and the ideas, I think, is really important. Is that the kind of thing yeah. that we're talking about? Well, that's interesting, I think, anyway, because uh, when, while you were saying that, I was thinking as well that you're not just... It's that that's kind of on top of everything else. You know, you've obviously uh, think about the other sort of things we've talked about. You know, you're also thinking, right, X, this character X wants this thing yeah. from the other person and they they're not prepared. They're, they're holding back something or whatever. So you're doing yeah. you're still you're still doing everything that, yeah. uh, you know, a writer should do. But you're it's just like it's it's one more layer and it's the layer that goes beyond someone saying all oh, right i can see what this vicar this priest wants he wants yeah. uh, he you know he just wants a quiet life or whatever it is and yeah. you know but she's she's hassling him and she's she's determined to get whatever she wants um yeah okay that's all there but it isn't just that it's then it's about his whole manner and attitude is is also being informed by something else that's in there and it's that that's the that's the the personal from you that 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 is yeah. we're hoping uh, yeah. plugs into the the universal so you yeah. you're, you're doing and in one yeah. yeah in one sense that's everything isn't it because ev every car that passes its mat and is allowed to ride drive on the roads has got a steering wheel an engine carburetors brakes brake pads you know th those you need all of those things but car companies spend millions of pounds trying to convince us that driving an audi makes you feel one thing and driving a, a Renault makes you feel something else. So they're all cars, you know, we're, we're all writing scripts, but what, what course, sort of feeling are you trying to give to the person who is experiencing this script or, or this car? And it's easy to say, oh, it's a load of all no old nonsense, but it, it isn't because they're spending millions of pounds knowing that the way we feel about cars or different brands dictates how we spend tens of millions of pounds as a nation yeah. every, every every month, you know, on, on this sort of thing. I was just thinking as well, as you were saying that, James, that uh, we, we kind of, we know your voice as well. If that, if you uh, get your very own personalised number plate to go with that car as well. So uh, that that, yeah. that tells us something about you. <laughs> yes, that's um, right. I, I, I know somebody who has one and it's, it's, it, it is rather telling. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, so I'll just leave it at that really. Please do. So I'm really rewriting my uh, complete comedy writer book and uh, bring it out before the end of the year and I have been kind of looking back at a lot of these things and you, uh, go, going just kind of stopping for a moment stuff that you just kind of uh, read through you go yeah 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 and I actually thought no I'm going to contact uh, writers room so I did I spoke to Simon Nelson who's the development exec at uh, BBC writers room and of course we've had him on this show a couple of times and he's a fantastic guy and writers room is a, a lovely man they're yep. brilliant writers room is just it's nonsensical how much they you get from them considering they are you know if if um, the BBC comedy and BBC writing training is in a broom cupboard. I mean, the writer's room is actually, you know, it's on the second shelf and it's not even, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, it's such, so tiny, but yeah. you know, they do fantastic stuff. But yeah. um, so I asked him a few questions. We talked a little bit about it. And these, so these are some of the pointers that he gave. He's saying, you know, uh, if I, and, and some of the things we agreed on as well is that, you know, if we read your scripts, 
and uh, we want to carry on reading because we genuinely have no idea uh, what what's going to happen. Um, the chances are we're reading uh, a, a new voice. That's uh, you know we can't wait to find out what happens. And I mean that's a, that that's a, a thinking again coming back to your your thing. I mean it's just yes it, we know what's uh, that this person wants X and this person wants Y and whatever. Um, what's the extra thing? Well, there's going to be an extra thing in there. Well, it might be your voice. It might be something else. But that's a that's a possible clue that that you know you've you've kind of found your voice is that we're we're reading it and reading it um and, and then you know we can probably create pictures in our minds um around what you've written um there's a point of view i think that's a good point which is not necessarily you know kind of rammed down people's throats i mean you know i i i know from doing these podcasts with you, you know, you do talk a lot about uh, religion and God and things. But I also know from your comedy output that that's something that it's it's not, you know, it's it doesn't that doesn't define everything you write. But it's a no, kind of because I know that the appetite for it is quite small um within you know but i think people are quite scared off by it and i, I t totally understand that hmm. so i you know so in this particular project i'm able to you know uh showcase that particular voice hmm. but i've also got you know a main broad mainstream sitcom sensibility um as well and you know so there there there, there are one or two aspects to that voice so i guess i'm going to lean in one way or the other depending hmm. um and because for example uh the, the, you know, Father Brown already exists. Who was? It's a murder mystery, you know, and it's a TV show now. But obviously, it's a classic uh, series of short stories. This sort of, I can lean into that kind of genre, but also give it a modern take, but also my own voice. So, um, so yeah. So I, I kind of, it's it's horses for courses, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that's, um, but you know, we're curious to find out more as well. Um, and um, if you've managed to hook us with a story as well then you know that th these are all these are all good uh good things and um there's one just i thought we've got one more thing that helps with the definition and again this is direct quote from uh writer's room and they say we're especially looking for distinctive voices and scripts that express those voices we do not look for more of the same. We look for the writer's ability to pull an audience into a world and hold them in it. So it's not necessarily about finding precincts or situations that have never been done before, but having an original take on stories that have the potential to have wide breadth of appeal. So again, I know we've talked, and you've you you've often give the example of of uh, the betting shop, don't you? Yeah. Uh, you know, there has never been a sitcom set in a betting shop, and uh, maybe there never will be. Maybe it's maybe you know. Mm. You, you, and again, this is something I, I do get from people when I say to them, you know, and th this is a question we we ask this question a lot. James and I, I both do to writers, you know, why, why me? Why are you the person to write this now? And this is the, 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 the voice question, the voice answer is the core answer. And people always often say to me, they say, you know, I'm really struggling with, with that. I'm not sure really why, which is, mm. which is fine because that means that you are, you are battling uh, to find it. But is there anything else you want to say about that writer's room yeah. quote there? Well, I, I just want to pause on the betting shop uh, mm. thing, you know, because I do, I do often use it as an example. But 
in a way, I would say that might be the ideal uh, setting for you, not because a your voice may be that you've actually worked in one and you know what it's like and you can you can shine a light on that world. And it, it may be that you worked in one and you never want to think about it again. And that's fine. I wouldn't I wouldn't write a, a, a comedy or a comedy drama about it. But it may be that you have a sense of burning injustice um, that the people who can least afford to lose money through gambling are continually encouraged to gamble and are continually um, giving away their money uh, to people who don't need it. Um, and that this might be something that really motivates you. And you've got a real insight into some kind of... Um, you know, social underclass uh, who are, you know, who are going to these places and that this is a this is a world that you are passionate about, that you want to write about and that you have a perspective on it. And that's great. And that you may then discover that, that the betting shop is only the place where we start. And actually, the real place is at the social club or the real place is at the building site or, or whatever it is. That's fine. But I think that's what we mean by by voice isn't it it's like yeah. what do you want to write about yeah. is as much part of your voice as how you want to to write it and once or twice i come up with sitcom ideas that i think oh that could work i do not know how to write that show or i there's no re nobody wants me to write that show yeah um so if i proposed a betting shop sitcom you know, I'm a cricket fan, but cricket's not as big into betting as like as football or horse racing. Uh, it, it depends who like, you nobody... spend your time with talking about it. <laughs> well, that's yes, that's true. We have a mutual friend uh, who who has uh, bet on cricket matches a yeah. little bit. But um, uh, but what I mean is, like, I I need to be clear that I'm pitching comedies or comedy dramas that that I'm excited about and want to write. And so that that wouldn't be one of them, even though I think it's interesting and I'd probably watch it, especially if it had a real. And here we go. Here's the voice, the Craig Cash early doors um, kind of show, you know, the royal family kind of show. The those sort, you know, the smoking room was another one, wasn't it? You know, that's kind of a voice and it's it's partly tone, I guess. Um, but that's that's not me. I don't write in that tone. And I and, and if I was doing it, I'd be faking it. So you know, move on, think of something else, do something else. You can write about anything. To give a very specific example, uh, last year I wrote a, a script for a radio sitcom, which um, I, I was very interested in, and it was about a character who was about my age, but was, uh, was uh, female, and um, was just divorced. But I, and, I, and I had a, a little take on it, and I've still interested in that little take and i'm going to take that somewhere else at some point but i don't quite know where yet but i kind of wrote the script and it was quite funny and people quite liked it but it didn't quite work and then this year i sort of for some reason as i started thinking about it again and i actually thought about what if uh, this person who i've got a very full idea of the character and the things around them uh what if it's a person who is uh, losing their hearing and Ooh. immediately it just became okay it's me <laughs> this yeah. is this is me uh but it's not it's a it's a 60 early 60 woman in her early 60s who 
and the character is completely not me at all. It's a, it's, it's a creation. It's an invention. Um, and it's a lot less like, like me, uh, as the Dave than it was when it was the kind of, Oh, here's the thing I'm interested in. And there's a person they've got to this age and they have this attitude and it's a, their, their identity, et cetera, et cetera. But now it's just about, Oh, it's somebody who is going through what I've just been going through for the last five years, 10 years. And, uh, I can think of lots of really funny things about them. And meanwhile, what would make it really funny is if there's somebody who has an attitude about, and, and it's about, it's about listening and it's about, you know, yeah. not listening. It's about someone yeah. who's likes to sound their own voice and all this sort of stuff. And it's kind of, you know, I, Again, it may come to nothing. I mean, radio scripts often do. There's there's hardly any slots available, you know. So, but it's I. It feels to me like uh, I should. I I'm I'm the only person I think who can who can write this. And you don't just see the comic possibilities, which is important, and you don't just have first hand experience of not being able to hear somebody. You also have. Um, insight into how that makes you feel mm. you know because there is a you know for some people there'll be a fear that they're missing something really important and there's a lot of getting used to that kind of thing and for others there will be a vanity uh, that this is they don't want to ever say pardon I can't hear you because if they admit they're going deaf they, they read it as I'm getting old and I don't want you know and I'm in denial about that or you know there are there are four five six different ways of doing that and actually, within the show, different characters will represent those different. Exactly. Viewpoints. Yeah. Um, so I've just I've just been through a philosophical uh, exploration of some characters of a mainstream sitcom that I'm working on, where it's you know I'm working out you know the whole family's individual attitudes to this one to this one thing, um, and it's it's really important and revealing, and it ties in with their own life goals and you know what sort of person they are and what they think is really important. And therefore, how this one aspect, let's say it's not food, but let's say it's food. What, what is the point of food? You know, um, one of the characters is saying, well, this is fuel so that I can do stuff. And for someone else, this is something that I can share with other people. And something. So, you know, so once you get an insight or a passion about a particular thing, you then need to explore it from all those different angles. But it's still your voice. Um, so I hope what we're demonstrating through this is your passions and interests just filling out hmm. um, uh, an idea which gives it a tone and a sort of a sensibility so that it isn't just a TV show like the ones you see on television, which is basically what I'd normally call fan fiction, you know, and we've, you know, Dave and I have read plenty of scripts where someone clearly loves sitcoms and they've written a, sh a sitcom that resembles the sorts of sitcoms they watch when they're a kid, and it's set somewhere we've never seen before. But there's nothing distinctive particularly about it other than it feels like a bit of a retro throwback. Um, you know, it feels like, uh, you know... And th that's great for learning the craft, you know, that's like, you know, making... Uh, my daughter's doing woodwork and she makes an awful lot of like wooden boxes and things like that. And she doesn't need wooden boxes, but it's great that she's doing that because she's learning the craft uh, of carpentry. And so we, we all need to do that. Um, but at some point you need to go, what is what is the thing I really want to create? And then spend some time on that. Yeah, sorry, I'm just remembering the the uh, cupboard full of ashtrays from the pottery <laughs> at school. And uh, I sort of, that's possibly why I, 
became a smoker. <laughs> what am I going to do something with it? Um, and I think, uh, yeah, I mean, that is really interesting. And that, that kind of leads to the, we talked a little bit about the kind of how, how do you, uh sort of find your voice and this is a bit this is sort of you know well where where do you where do you find it from and and it is kind of the the the, the complete sum of everything that you are and everything uh every relationship you've had and everything you've done and I, i'm sort of thinking about what you said there about the you know the fan fiction stuff and you know remember remembering the first real sort of thing that i wrote and i you know, the, 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 what were the, what ask yourself you know what were the things that you uh watched or listened to obsessively you know, when you were a teenager and I, I kind of we we always ask guests that mm. and i i think it's really interesting watching that um martin martin fishwick uh character the craig um craig fergus character um mm. that 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 very funny pilot. Fergus Craig, yeah, yeah. Fergus yeah. Craig, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, he's got two first names. Yeah, it's his so, uh, well, it's not his own fault. It's his parents' fault. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Fergus, I'm sorry, Fergus yeah. Craig. Um, there. And it's, um, and I remember him, you know, and we often have people on here saying, oh, I love Blackadder and whatever. He said, oh, actually, I love Mr. Bean. And it kind of, you know, you watch, you watch that uh, sitcom and you kind of, on the one hand, if you didn't know that he was watching Mr. Bean obsessively as a kid, you wouldn't look at that and go, God, that's Mr. Bean. But once you have the knowledge, you can sort of see how that sort of early fandom, you know, found its way almost yeah. into the DNA of his, his writing. So he's not mm -hmm. there the character isn't going making odd noises and things but they're just 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 little things about him those little little that kind of sort of not very niceness about mr b yeah, and, yeah. and that that sort of thing and it's, it's a sort of really uh that that interested me and i was sort of thinking you know what well, uh, i know we've talked about this obviously a lot what ours were but you know very very clearly i was sort of thinking my like, top three things I could just say without thinking, you know, Forty Towers, The Producers, Hitchhiker's mm. Guide to the Galaxy. You know, mm. those were three absolutely key, influential things that I watched and listened to again and again yeah. and again. And actually, I sort of think about what I've done for the last 40 years, really. And, um, you know, the British class system, uh, Jewish identity and you know kind of wor yeah. worrying about saving the planet and those they all come from those those three shows they all you know they, they all have all that yeah and actually the authors of those shows you know ha have a reputation for a certain sensibility and I was just I've just been jotting down a list here of like what do these authors or writers stand for you know obviously people like Jane Austen uh, or uh, Samuel Beckett you know, you could write a parody of a Samuel Beckett play because you sort of know what he's interested in, or Harold Pinter or Dickensian. You know, something is Dickensian. We know exactly what it is and what it's about. It's about, you know, the gap between the rich and the poor and the underclass and the struggling to survive and the terror of death and the cruelty of Victorian society and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, what what is something that's Helen Fielding like, you know, which is, again, it's sort of like it's got its own... Uh, tone or Carla Lane, you know, one of the great sitcom writers of, of Bread and uh, Liver Birds and stuff like that, or Terry Pratchett. You know, I'm reading my kids' Terry Pratchett books uh, at the moment and they're listening to a load of them on Audible as well. And there's just, there is a, 
a sensibility and a tone to it. It's sort of Tolkien parody. It's also got quite a lot of Douglas Adams in it, although mm -hmm. I think he was doing it before maybe Adams was. I'm not, I'm not sure. But they, you know, so in a way, have a think. What is, oh, that's very Cohen-esque. <laughs> you can tell that Dave Cohen's written that. What is something that is, I don't know, Carian? Uh, <laughs> uh, Carey-like or whatever. Just think what, you know, if you developed a reputation as a really good writer, what sorts of things would you be known for? Um, you know, Stephen Moffat or Russell T. Davis. If there's, oh, the BBC have announced a new Russell T. Davis show. You could probably have a guess as what it's going to be about or at least how it's going to make you feel. Um, and that's good. You know, that's why Russell T. Davis gets work because he's not just got that tone and voice, but he's also got the talent uh, to mm. back it up. So I think we recognise it in others extremely easily. Of course, these different authors and writers uh, have a voice. Um, what's yours? Yeah, that's that's right. And um, ways ways to find out, for instance, and uh, an old uh, co-writer of mine, uh, Paul McKenzie, who's now a, a TV producer, and he meets a lot of writers and he asks them to to pitch their ideas. And he says, when I talk to writers, I rarely want bottom draw pitches. I prefer to hear their life stories and see what interests them and me. And you know it is amazing what you what you do retain, or even the how you retain a story. And I mean, I think about sometimes when I talk to my my sister, who's two years older than me, and we remember something exactly the same incident or story or whatever, but we have absolute completely different uh, interpretations of it, and that's. You know, and that, that's an interesting thing as well. And that's about... You well, remember it differently and you um, you explain it differently. Yeah. You know, and that's like, that's so interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and you yeah. felt it. You, you felt the emotion differently. Going back to what you were saying uh, right at the start there, it's about how how it affected you. And, and that's a, so the kind of emotional uh, input that you, you bring to something. And... You you can talk to somebody about something, and if if it, if it does sound, they do say, oh, it's in a completely different. They thought of it in a completely different way to the way that you did. That's great because that gives you an insight into how to tell that same story. Just like James is saying, there from you know from more than one angle, and yet to, for it still to be the same story, and for it to be valid to both people. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, what Paul said there is so helpful um, because he's a lovely man as well, isn't he? Paul, oh, brilliant. Well. I've met him brilliant. a few times. Really, really nice guy. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but that's why it's important. If you do have a script and you get some, and whether the script is right for the BBC Writers Room or whether it still is and doesn't get anywhere or whatever, you want a script to be as good as possible so that, A, to show your voice, but B, just to get in a room with a producer who thinks that you can write because, you know, let's remind ourselves, most scripts aren't actually very good and they don't have a voice and they don't actually have any structure beginning, middle and end either. You know, <laughs> Most of them have some characters, but as we're really discovering a lot is the plotting is way harder. Everybody's uh, listening to this going, of course, they don't, he doesn't mean my script. He doesn't yeah. mean my script. He doesn't, his, James doesn't mean you. Okay, it's yes, just the other, right. the other bozos he, who aren't listening. His, 
here's the awful truth. I do mean your script. Um, and I just wrote a script like that yeah. uh, earlier this yeah, year. That's and true. We've mentioned, it, we've mentioned it a few times uh, already on this podcast. Now hmm. we should be writing another one fairly soon. But my point is um, that you want to get into a room with a producer and have a conversation with them. And um, and she or he will, you know, ask you questions about, you know, what you're into and what you're excited about and that kind of stuff. And what you, you, you won't know you're doing it almost, but you will talk about the things that are interesting to you. And lo and behold, they'll go, oh, that, that sounds interesting. That, that sort of idea that you didn't even realize was an idea. Why aren't you, why aren't you writing about that? Hmm. Um, and you're like going, well, no, nobody wants to hear about that. It's like, well, you know, <laughs> I, I beg to differ. You know, I think people do you know to you it's an affliction but to them it's a it's a it's a premise you know it's a imagine living with, well imagine living with with your with with your um uh with your uh hearing deteriorating that's that's something you know i'm suddenly just thinking wow that's really interesting because also you can there are various ways of showing that and staging it as well and up until there was a certain point where you just thought yeah, it's a real pain. Thanks for noticing. And um, I don't want to talk about it. It's like, no, 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 that's the thing you should do. Yeah. So you want to be open to these kind of uh, conversations. But the way to get into that conversation is to have a have a decent script that gives a hint of what that voice uh, might be. Yeah, I think also uh, there's no, you don't necessarily need to dwell on your uh, personal suffering or, or setbacks. I mean, yeah, that's kind of often where comedy writers begin. And, and again, I think the, the early scripts that I used to write were uh, from my kind of self-deprecation and lack of confidence as a, as a youth and teenager and so the, the kind of way in for me was to write the kind of scripts that we uh we often say no actually please don't start with scene one the character's lost the job that goes home the girlfriend's yeah. gone uh the bills are there and they because the bailiffs come around and they got kicked out so that those, those were the scripts that i wrote because that was a kind of but it was valid. It was a valid way in because it was like, well, you know, I'm I'm a bit pissed off. I'm a bit depressed yeah. about something. How can I how can I get out of this rut? I know I'll turn it into comedy. Um, mm. So it was a, it was a valid thing, but it's kind of also what what everybody else does. So it's but mm. it's, it's it's good to to go through that. But and it's also it's it's a good uh, starting point, you know. And uh, yeah. that's um. You start from it's, the reality, but then you can sort of make the rest up, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think in my experience as well, I, when you talk about, I talk about ideas, this is why you need voice. Because when I talk about ideas now, especially to people who I don't work with uh, a lot, they have a really hard time understanding what could happen this week or next week or the week after. To them, a story has a beginning and a middle and an end and it's over. There's always that sort of fear of, well, and and then what? And you go, no, no, that that's that's just one episode, and then you basically do the same again the week after. And so you you need characters and situations and attitudes to write about to come back again and again. And I think sometimes what happens is people either get fixated on that um, alarm clock goes off and they get up and it's their first day at work, or that's that's fine, or the I've just been fired and this is the first day of the rest of my life, and uh, and that's that's all fine. But sometimes there's like a really clever reveal. It's like, oh, you think the show is about this, and actually it's that. Right, what else? You know, mm. so what are the characters? And you can tell that once we've 
been told that the show isn't this, but that, that there's not that much else there. But people kind of are, are kind of nurturing this little clever plot device that they've got. Um, this reveal or this, so you think it's going to be this, and then it's going to be that. And you go, okay, this this is good plotting, and and that's that's good to have. And I would say Stephen Moffat is particularly good at that. And I've, I'm sure I've said this before in the podcast, but there are there, there's an episode of Coupling that made me literally jump out of my seat because I just thought, oh, this scene is happening at the same time as the previous scene, and they, mm. we've just linked. Oh, brilliant! You know, so. That, but that's that's stagecraft in yeah. a way. That's not. I mean, it's it's a bit of a motif for Stephen Moffat now because he does it a lot, you know, and, and the Sherlock stuff as well is obviously very clever. So Stephen Moffat's a very clever writer. And go back and listen to our episode with Stephen Moffat, where we eventually get to talk to him about chalk. <laughs> um, but um, but I think sometimes people hang on to a bit. They hang on to a moment. They hang on to a reveal. They hang on to. Uh, just something and try to place it all around it. But that, that isn't a voice. That's a moment. Um, it's, but it's also a start. So it's like, so what, why, why is this character being passing themselves as one thing? And then we see that there's something else, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Uh, just start to fill it out. That is another thing. And again, we've talked about this in other, other uh, examples of areas of things, but it, it applies especially well here because we're talking about you and everything about you and your relationships, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not, you're not writing reality. You're writing fiction. You're making it up. And reality is sort of boring most of the time you know and also mm. as, as you say there james you know reality doesn't really end um you know you kind of go you go to bed at night and you wake up the next morning but you know that the the, the thing that that happened in that story of your life is still going on somehow they don't you know and um i mean i guess you can write soaps and have that kind of thing but even in even in soaps you have you know, you have kind of levels of where stories you'll have an you'll have a self-contained episode inside a soap where it finishes in that episode. You'll have another one that's that's going to play out over a month. You're going to have another one that's going to play out over three months. One and play out over a year, whatever. But they still they are still constructs. You know, it is it's a fiction it's a construct but it it's about starting from that point of view and the personal story and um and that 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 thing that won't go away and, that, and i think that's a really nice illustration you said there james mm. about the the moment and i think too many people they get to the it, it, it's at, at that point where you go i've had an idea that first idea is wouldn't it be funny if da 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 da? And here's mm. a nice idea. Um, I, I had a great thing somebody sent me, um, which which he wrote, and it's a really funny sketch. And uh, he was saying, "Do you think you know is this is this potentially a sitcom?" Uh, and it's it's this really funny sketch. It's about five minutes long, and he's thinking, "Can I turn that into a sitcom?" Uh, and I sort of thought, probably not. You know, maybe. You know, but it seems. Yeah. But it's a lot. It, it is. It is that thing, um, and maybe it's yeah. not going to go uh, beyond that. But you know, a lot of people think I, I have a great idea, and that's it. And they stay, and the idea is this. And you say, "Oh, what about if you do that?" Oh, no, 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 no. no I can't. Don't don't touch my idea. Don't do that to it. Um, yeah. But um, you know, it, it, it is like everything else. It's all 
part of the foundation of what you're creating. You, you, you know, you've got to you've got to give yourself permission to to fictionalize it. Yeah, and also, or just write it down on a piece of paper or an Apple mm. Note or whatever it is. However, you retain your ideas, and sometimes you flesh it out, and then. But then sometimes it doesn't really go anywhere. And then you realize three weeks later, you have a, a completely different idea. And then you realize, oh, th this is the story for that idea that I had. This is, you know, and then, and so suddenly it feels like you've now got something that's a bit more substantial, but it, often still not enough. And then it's actually the third thing that makes it, oh, maybe the show isn't about that thing there, but it's, the, it's about the thing next to it, or it's living with the consequences of that thing. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's, these ideas do take a while to sort of mature and percolate and, or, or fester, <laughs> depending on, <laughs> yeah. on, uh, how good, uh, the idea is, but, uh, but then the question you still need to answer is how am I going to tell this story yeah. in a way that is, um, going to make the most of my gifts and abilities, but also by my passions. Because the other thing you need to bear in mind is the fact that it may be that a character has your voice, that's fine, but you need to give equal strength to other characters with other voices. And people often have a bit of a hard time uh, imagining that. I think that's one of the problems with our divided political discourse at the moment is that people just can't see someone else's point of view. You know, there's an awful lot of echo chamber stuff going on. Well, sitcoms really aren't echo chambers or comedy dramas uh you you need people uh, making life choices based on different uh you know uh, different value systems uh that somehow have to get along and think and don't think they're the bad guy so um you know it it takes an awful lot uh of percolating and thinking and mulling hmm. you know weeks probably months and also yeah and i think it's something that you can um you sort of know because it won't go away and mm. i think that's it that's another thing i mean don't force it but you're you're trying to think of something but this other thing just keeps coming back and it's kind of yeah. you know be be open to that but be be open to changing it but but keeping the thing i mean there's a, just 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 one other thought i want to sort of mention here um the one of the most sort of horribly overused words of the last 10 or 20 years i think is is uh, passion and um you know you see these uh companies on linkedin or whatever you know we're passionate mm. about biscuits you know we're, we're we're passionate about selling uh shares to you and um yeah of course they are but actually you know that's that's not what uh i i wonder if actually even because it's lost so much of its meaning maybe the word is uh obsession i think would be a better word well yeah what, what are you obsessed with um mm. and um you know they're kind of um explore it and explore why are you obsessed with it what is it about mm. this thing that and and, and you know get, you'll get some insights into your own personality and and i i i've definitely be, been thinking the last couple of years that one of the big things that i've learned i feel as a writer which is that the more the more self-aware i have become um yeah. the more i feel capable of writing characters whose key uh thing is that they lack self-awareness so i think it's you know just just yeah. just interrogate your your thoughts and your beliefs and uh you know yeah. see see where that takes you i think 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, um, we should probably wrap this up. We're going to do just a couple more minutes extra over on Patreon. So um, if you want to have a slightly longer version of this episode, then do uh, join us on Patreon where there are loads of other benefits. Um, and we're doing monthly masterclasses as well. So if you want to join at the masterclass level, then you can join us uh, for those two. And uh, we talk about all these things uh, a lot in a very practical way and also do a bit of script reading for each other and talk about the, these ideas. So go over and over to Patreon and, and, uh, and have a look. Uh, at what's in store there but just uh um, can we just talk about brief very brief before we go the bbc writers room window is open uh opening it's the when first wednesday in november is that the ninth i think okay uh and then it closes on the first wednesday in december so i think okay. it's something like the 9th of november to the 7th of december or i might okay great i mean the, the only thing that matters is the closing date isn't it yeah. the opening date is of no uh, no consequence for most people, but um, you know, I don't know what if there's any advantage in submitting your idea early. I suspect they don't get read. I suspect none of them get read until the deadline's finished. Mm. They do. They I'm do say mind. it really helps as if you send them earlier. So uh, yeah, I, but I, I don't think you'll get um, an advantage from that. No. Um, okay. no, sure. But definitely don't don't wait till the very last minute because there's always the kind of possibility of technical glitches and things. Yeah. And so, you know, give yourself at least forty eight hours before the absolute deadline. Yeah. Um, otherwise, otherwise, you know, you might get stuck in some horrible cyberspace place and yeah. get it in and there. They can't, and, and you missed and you missed the boat. So. Mm. Uh, make sure make sure you do that yeah and right. uh, it's okay. on, i'm just gonna say yeah, if you want mm. to find out more about that just go to the bbc uh bbc writers room uh opportunities and uh, mm. it's i think it's the first thing on that page uh was right. recently yeah yeah so you know a little light googling will get you there very very quickly i'm sure <laughs> cool thanks very much for listening everyone thank you very and much we will speak to you next time cheerio thank you